I'm working on a theory that the so the ab coaster um, commercial or infomercial, whatever you want to call it, has like testimonials, and there's a guy in a blue shirt with like a really bad haircut that looks very similar to the Irish peeler guy. I'm working on a theory that oh my god that this is him 10 years ago and now he's like doing a different info I'm like trying to like <laughs> I love that they rotate these commercials it pleases me a lot oh, because now now we get the old lady pulling the Dutch oven out of the of the of the oven with one hand and I yelled at her the first time I saw that I was like what are you doing Welcome to an ACC podcast. I'm Lauren Brownlow, and you know I wasn't sure who to have on this week, and I thought, why not check in with a team that I frankly haven't gotten to watch as much of this year as I would have liked to, and a team that seems to potentially be turning the corner, maybe kind of a little bit in Virginia, and who better to do that than Vir- noted Virginia expert Caroline Darney. Hey, it's Hi. me. Happy New Year. I don't think I've talked, well, I haven't talked to you officially in podcast form since the calendar changed, aka it went to what I was, what is it now, December 36th? <laughs> or no, 46th. Oh, I can do math. It's fine. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just make it still 2020 until things get good again. So maybe it'll be 2024 by the time we say it's 2021. Oh it'll be a brand new calendar for us all. <laughs> it's Fun worst. times. Yeah. It's great. <sighs> and uh, we're, you know, I, I, I said this to you before we started and I've said, I know I've said this on this podcast before too. It's just, it's, it's weird. I thought I would have this problem with football too, when they started playing college football and then Football, it wasn't perfect, but it went, I feel mm-hmm. like rel- ACC went relatively well. They yeah. built in time to make up games. They seemed to know what they were doing. They seemed to be extra cautious with bringing people back into play or not. I felt okay about it, you yeah. know? Um, but the pandemic was not th- what it is now, for one thing. Yeah. <laughs> and another would be, you know, that football is a little bit of a different animal. Um it's a little easier to, uh, I think, be safe playing a game like that, considering the fact that, you know, you're outside, you got helmets on, some guys wore sh- face shields even in games. Um, not everybody, but I mean, I, I, I think you could, I don't know of a known transmission between teams. Do you? In football? I don't think so. I don't think I do either. Um, Which makes sense based on what we know. Yeah. And it's, and it just, even the... Like, I, I'm the same as you. I thought that there would be hiccups and problems and stuff, but, like, just it's so jarring the difference when you look at if a staff member has to, con- you know, is positive or has to contact trace. Like, that can knock out enough people that you're done for 14 days. Like, or 10 days. Or f- and that's the other part, too, is that when we now have states and schools and conferences that are operating on different um, requirements. So, it, like... Virginia shut down and I'm pretty sure that like they were anticipating being able to play that Villanova game, but then they got word from administration that, like, Oh wait, it's actually this. And like, there's so many different rules they have to follow with the universities. And then the universities have to make sure they're complying with the state rules, which obviously are different state to state. And then you have, obviously the conferences have slightly different requirements or all this stuff. Like, it's interesting to me that the Big Ten doesn't seem to have as strict of like quarantine stuff as they did with football, which doesn't seem to make sense to me. Maybe they just that haven't had weird. good teams. Like, I'm trying to think of some notable Big Ten games that have not happened. But, um, you know, with Big Ten, they said 21 days. You know what I mean? I know that they changed it for the national championship game so that some of the Ohio State players could play. But, um and that was so, somewhat a CDC adjustment too, but yeah. Right, also true. Like, as we've talked about this before, as more information comes out, you're allowed to, people are like, oh, what is it? They said masks didn't do anything in February. It was like, yes, this is called uh, science, where as things change, you adjust your, <laughs> like, it's not lying. It's changing with the information you have available. That's literally science. Um, but yeah, so there's a few things where it's just like, oh my God, 
so many times I've been tricked by the postponed game where I'll go on ESPN and look at what games are on that night. And like the other night I was like, Ooh, West Virginia Baylor. And then I went like looked slightly to the right to see what time it would be. And it was like postponed. It's like, Oh no. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's just, yeah. And it's so weird to me because like, I feel like in football every now and then you would do this, but not very often where you would be like, Oh, well, you got to kind of throw that game away because that team was coming off a COVID layoff. Mm-hmm. And in basketball, I feel like I've said that like at least five or six times already. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to establish. And I was ta- we talked about this in our Streaking the Lawn podcast yesterday that um, like especially Virginia, since we're going to talk about Virginia a little bit today, like their schedule, which was chef's kiss beautiful for the non-con before all this stuff happened with like the Michigan State game and Villanova and like all this stuff. Um they didn't get to play Michigan State or Villanova because of one shutdown, which is a bummer. Um, and it sounds, again, this this is one of those, like, when people, you know, one person gets it and the whole team's out or, you know, that sort of thing. And it kind of, it just stinks. And these kids have to, like, sit, go back and sit in their dorm rooms and wait it all out. And um, But now when you look at, <clears throat> like, Jerry Palm's latest bracketology, and I get it. Yes, it is January. I know. But this is just kind of what, you know, you're looking at when games are getting played, are they not getting made up? What's going to happen with conference games? They don't, he doesn't have Virginia in. (laughs) Yeah. And like (laughs) NC state's another really good example. They had UConn on the docket. They had Michigan. Both of those got, um, you know, axed for their own COVID issues. That's why they scheduled St. Louis. Um, And of course they played that game off of a lengthy COVID layoff and they didn't, they looked like it. And Um, the, the bigger issue when we're talking about ACC stuff now is NC State, Virginia, some of these schools that didn't get those big non-conference games and have instead like a loss to St. Louis or, you know, Virginia losing to losing to San Francisco. Hey, girl. Yeah, she, she, I don't know what she heard, but um, when you have those things, now they don't have as many with the way that the ACC is playing out right now. Obviously, those things can change and adjust. There are no top 10 teams in Ken Palm for the ACC. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny, coach K like literally laughed when asked, he mentioned that they had a net ranking like a couple of weeks ago and he was like, how, but okay, basically <laughs> like, because there are some teams that have played like one or two games, even at that point. Yeah. And I mean, you look at like, look at Florida state, like that team is significantly better than what they're like, I mean, you saw what they did to NC state. Uh, like, and that just yeah. might be on, you know, the fact that they shot 71%, like, is it a little bit of, they are they played better than they probably are overall and state played worse than they are yes probably that's the case but you know you look at some of these teams and the Clemson Virginia game this Saturday is actually kind of huge um because yeah. as of right now Virginia's best win wins I guess in this case are Notre Dame and uh, it's not that's not something that you're like hey yeah we beat Notre Dame in 2021 like that's not you know? it's just it's just the t- the toughest thing is like it's hard for me to analyze anybody super critically right now you right, know because, exactly like yeah. he, I was talking with uh, Kelly Gramlich last week about how I'm kind of disappointed in Notre Dame and it's like but then I thought about it and I'm like well why you know like what yeah. it's the weirdest season like it's hard for me to even put a lot of stock into almost anything and I tell you what, that team, and like, I know people roll their eyes and stuff at like, that's the best X and X team that you've seen, you know, but like, it's, it still blows my mind that that team hasn't managed to like knock off somebody in the five ACC games. And like, you know, grand, they play and when people look at Virginia and I do, you know, we'll get into whether or not like what my impressions of them are now and all that stuff. But, um, the, that Notre Dame team is not terrible. I don't know. Like I've watched them play and it kind of is like, I don't know how they don't have. But well, Wednesday you, was their first loss by double digits, I think. Yeah. and Or they by had a couple 10. that were like, yeah, they had a couple that were right at 10. And I was joking with someone that my biggest knock for Notre Dame was oh, that they didn't beat well, Kentucky Virginia, by more. <laughs> yeah. Virginia, Virginia Tech by 14. Whoopsie. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. And, and even though and I feel the same way about, like I watch Boston College and when they're full strength, like that team has some dudes. So I do yep. think that while the ACC isn't as strong at the top this year, I do think that the middle section, even when you know people will be like, oh, they're so down this year. I think that middle section has gotten way better. This is where I wish I was better at math because I wonder if this is like the year where everybody is the closest together. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's only one team outside of the top 100. And even by the way, even that feels wrong for Wake. But yeah, and that's I, a, I, another team that when they're hit, if they and I texted my buddy Mark Ennis, who's Louisville, I was like, and I understand <laughs> just saying making shots is not real. I mean, like, duh, make shots. But there were just some if they had. I think Forbes is definitely the guy. Like, I'm excited to see what yeah. he does there because the way that they approach the game was so different than years past, and the way that they were, you know, they get rid of those. They got rid of like a 16 point deficit, but then they just made some of those like inexperienced mistakes or took shots that were too tough or didn't move the ball enough and let it get out of control again. But they're they're a team that has like that Williamson kid number four. Oh my god, love him, love. Uh, Carter Witt as well, who showed up in a boot. <laughs> I know. And that broke my heart. I was like, no. Was no. his hair tied back? This is going to be my crusade. So I, I'm not going to go too deep into Carter Witt's hair is a sentence I just said out loud. However, <laughs> I know some people, people were tweeting at me when they were playing and somebody was like, I didn't know Brownlow played point guard because of the hair. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing That's with amazing. Carter's hair versus my hair. Um, not to get too technical, but some people have tighter curls. Yes. Carter's curls are much tighter than mine. I have more of, a, of what I would call a wave. Yes. Um, it goes naturally that way, but I mean, which is, God, that, by the way, that changed my life. The moment I learned that I could just air dry my hair and it would do that. <laughs> set my straightener on fire. Like It's a big yes. moment. It's a big moment. It was just, mine, it's mine, wonderful. Like, mine doesn't curl consistently. So if I let it air dry, like some pieces will dry straight and some pieces will be like, I have this wonderful curl that you can't replicate in any way whatsoever um, by trying. And so it, I just have to either dry it or... So, hey, oh, I get cool. it. Yeah, it's a whole thing. But but Carter's, I think the tightness of his curls does allow for him his hair to mostly stay out of his face, whereas mine would routinely fall into my face. Well, and, that's, and that's the thing that I'm super jealous of is just that he's he seems to like somehow miraculously keep all of it out. He's not constantly touching. Like there are other players that I've seen play college, like ACC basketball, that touch their Luke, hair. Luke Kennard. Yeah, like he touches hair way more than Carter Witt did. And he had significantly less hair and currently still does as well. Uh, bless his heart. <laughs> I did like Luke a lot. Um, but yeah, he touched his hair all the time. But yeah, uh, this is a hair podcast. Um, it's worth p- pointing out, though, because look, his hair has become the stuff of legend. But yeah, I, I, I don't know how to do the math exactly. I don't know exactly what formula it would be. I'm looking at Ken Palm right now and it looks like there are several teams ranked between like 16 and 80. Everybody in the ACC is ranked between 16 and 88 except Wade. Yeah. And that feels closer um, than almost any other year. Maybe you could go back to like early 2000s, like 04, 05. Oh, now, then I they were like closer. Not to. I would like not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> See, that year, like I went to 05. They had... Oh my God, that was such a, yeah, that was a ridiculous year. They had three teams in the top eight, four, five in the top 25. Oof. Um, yeah, everybody was in the top seven, 67, except for like three teams. Oh, wow. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> I bet I can pick one of them. Um, uh, yes. You, oh, you're right. <laughs> hey, Florida State was worse, and so was Virginia Tech. Yeah, there we go. Small victories. <laughs> you know, and then you look at, um, the Big Ten this year, right? And so Nebraska is the worst at 131. And then the next closest, like the worst team, quote unquote, is Northwestern at 63. <laughs> yeah. Cause, okay. So already their parody beats the ACC's parody, quote unquote, at least in terms of the kids. It's Palmer just, either. yeah, it's just shifted higher. <laughs> like yeah. The, that's insane. Con- and, and I'm curious to see, like, this is where, so we going back to like, Again, none of the bracketology stuff really matters right now, but I'm I'm interested in looking at this stuff more this year because I'm curious how the committee, a committee that already gets a lot of pressure for who they put in and how they do it, like what are they going to like? How are they going to look at stuff when well, it's, teams it's, it's, don't yeah. have non like big non conference wins because they weren't able to play them? Well, um, and both Coach K and Kevin Keats have mentioned this too. They're yeah. like, well, what are you so, like? What are you really going to do? Are you really going to like punish teams that couldn't play because they had COVID? Like, yeah. So right now, Pitt, like Jerry Palm has Pitt in as a twelve seed again. No Virginia, but what? because because Pitt beat Northwestern by a point in the oh. ACC Big Ten Challenge. Like that's if that's what they're going to just 
you know, like I think I might, they might have to, you know, not that game results don't matter, but I just don't think that right now you can sit there and sit, look at both teams and the way they've played and, and be like, yeah, I think Pitt's a much better team than Virginia. Like, I just, I just don't. I just, but think I understand why he's, yeah. why he has it that way as of right now. Like, I'm, that's what I'm, saying. I'm not right. like you idiot. Like if you look at Virginia's resume, there's no yeah. good win. No. So that's why this weekend is so important without being overly dramatic about it. It's a pretty big game. <laughs> one for ACC standings because they only play Clemson once and two because they don't have any big wins. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And it, it it's just something where it's like, I don't, I don't know. At a certain point, they're probably going to have to admit either the ACC or the NCAA or both all of them that like, we're not going to be able to get these games in in time and it's going to impact everybody negatively. And maybe we should all take our fingers out of our ears and just say like, okay, we got to figure out how to do now. I think we understand a little bit, right? Why like the coaches in the ACC, we laughed at the time why the ACC coaches were like, everybody should get in the tournament. Yeah. I think it makes more sense now that we're seeing it play out. Does not it? Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, this is uh, Virginia's had one. Oh, two. Two postponements? I think they were supposed to play Wake twice already. And you're ba- uh, bad news. You're probably about to have a third because I don't state to shut. State, yeah, yeah they, they shut down for a second time this year, which is super alarming and sucks. And um, with more COVID issues, and um, yeah, Again, this like, is also where like that's the thing. Like, and you look compare, and it's just one of those like Virginia was close. I don't know how close they were to having to shut down a second time, but I think it was not there was a staff positive which mm. is different and you know a couple players were knocked out and like three of the like the other assistant coaches and so like it was very interesting like that but it didn't end up in a shutdown so i'm looking at like NC State when you say the second shutdown it sucks it sounds really bad this could be each time one person adjacent you know what i mean like and that's how bad it is with basketball like yeah. you have to be careful and i know a lot of the like not a lot i don't have actual numbers but i have heard through talking to people that like oh i heard you know 90% of this team had it over the summer and like you know there were a couple people during interviews before the season for virginia that said like oh, i know a couple guys you know i don't know if the players are supposed to tell us that he's like and you know i had it this summer or whatever you know like they're saying that sort of stuff so some of these guys have had it um but obviously now there's new strains going around so like let's get crazy people it's just i don't know how they're gonna i do think that the acc has gotten has been good at being creative um, I didn't love the, the time of the Notre Dame game moved like three times because I was afraid I was going to like show up at the wrong time, but <laughs> they've gotten creative. So like say NC state doesn't happen on Wednesday, like, is there someone available? You know what I mean? Like, will they try and make it happen where yeah. um, they play somebody else? And of course I was just like, well, I wonder if uh, Virginia tech is open. They are not. Um, but <laughs> it's just I don't know, man. And, you know, again, before we move on to actual basketball for a little bit, like I, I have been saying this, I will say it again. When Coach K was talking about this, he was not talking about like we shouldn't be playing. We should cancel the season. What he was talking about and th- what I took out of it when he said what he said, you know, after the Illinois game was like, I think what he was kind of getting at was like, how bad would this have to get? Yeah. Like before something is done. <laughs> Everything what that are we said, doing? Everything he said was accurate. Like that's one of those like if people want to get mad about it, they just want to get mad about things that Duke or Coach K says. Like, and it did not contradict anything that he had said prior to that point. Like, and that's the stuff that makes me mad. And like, um, I was re- in this rehashing stuff from ages ago, but like, I'm just mostly mad now about Nate Oates saying that stuff because Alabama is like actually super fun this year. And I want to, I know. Be able to watch and enjoy them. But every time I see it, I'm like, ah, if it's well, really I, think he, I think he feels badly about what he said, which is good. Yes. Um, he, well, <laughs> he probably like walked off this like podium and someone was like, what have you done? Like, <laughs> You've angered the gods. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a mess. and ugh. It's such a weird... Have you been to a game in person this year? Nope. Um, it's, it's so weird. Like, Virginia's done a great job with, I, you know, going in. I feel safe going. It seems like I'm comfortable with the spacing and how clean everything is. And they take your temperatures and like all the stuff you can ask for. Um, 
And then they have like the weird crowd noise, which is on like a little bit of a loop. So that like Norm Wood pointed out, like, if you listen every 12 seconds or so, there's one fan that goes, woo. <laughs> and I was like, great, now I can't unhear that. Um, it's just like so strange because it, it feels like you're at a glorified scrimmage. Um, yeah. And there's Duke's the weirdest to watch on TV anyway. They're not allowing anybody in anywhere, yeah. but yeah, that's the way it feels like because of the mural they drew to, it looks like the Maui Invitational to me. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. And Virginia and, uh, has like 200 or something there, which in it does family even, and it's friends, right? Family, yeah. Like family and friends. Like I've seen the Huffs um, a few times. I'll say hello to my friend, Mr. Huff. I will. I next time I've already seen them a couple times. So next time I'll go up and say hi and say, say, say says hello. Say, uh, you, you met her at an analytics conference. Oh, excellent. She, okay. I did my, uh, I, I miss conferences and things where I saw human and beings. People and- that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fun times we live in and by fun. I mean, not, particularly yes oh boy well on that note virginia clemson the marquee matchup of the weekend look when people people have asked me like how various teams are good sometimes when i go on like the radio and stuff and i'm like oh you know louisville has talent even though they're waiting on people to get healthy and virginia has some good pieces they just need a time to kind of integrate them but when people ask about clemson i'm like i don't know Amir Sims. My answer is always and forever, ever. Amen. Amir Sims. Um, I just, and this Clemson team is just, I agree. There's a couple pieces where you recognize the names and you're like, oh, yeah, Newman. Yeah, I remember him. And, you know, obviously Amir Sims and a couple of these other guys. And then you look and there's like, who's this? Who's Honor? Who's this guy? And so you kind of look at the roster and it's, they have the number one defense right now. Like Virginia that fans part's are not furious. A surprise. Like, yeah. That part is is on brand for what Brad Brownell and company do. Um, their offense leaves a lot to be desired, yes. and that reflects in the numbers as well. But the defense is what is what does it for them, and that's when they're good. That's how they are good. Yeah, Always. and this is going to be super interesting, just on so many. You know, because normally you'd say like oh, it'll be defense, defense, and no one's going to score. And that might be the case, because Virginia's defense, while all the way at 13, is getting better. This is this is the time for people who haven't watched. Like Tony Bennett has actually decided to forego some of the defense to have some offense on the court. I know. Shocking. Is, is, he, is that because he's playing to Jay a little both, bit? Both Jay and Sam Hauser. Okay. So Jay, Jay's, it's interesting because like, Jay's, oh man, what is he like top? Uh, he's number five in the country in block percentage. Um, he's a, obviously still a blocking machine, but he's not the physical interior defender that you got with like Mamadi that's, you know, right. can guard a stretch for that sort of He's still just long and lanky and he can get, you know, stop you in the post type thing, but it's not the same type of defender as you got out of, you know, Akil Mitchell. Um, in the combination with Sam, Sam is a great defensive rebounder, which has honestly been one of the most pleasant surprises out of him. He's, he was one rebound short of a double, double in the last game against Notre Dame, which would have given him four in the, all four ACC games, which I feel like is a good trend. Like if you're averaging a double, double in ACC play, I will take it every day of the week. Um, but he's not as quick footed. Um, and so he was, Early on, when they had some of the struggles, Virginia was leaving guys open and not like in a a team passed the ball really well and rotated it and got an open three, like the pack line is designed to allow if you do it per- perfectly. Um, it was like guys would completely miscommunicate and both go to the same person or the hedge wouldn't recover and someone is in no man's land, complete defensive breakdown, open shot type thing. Like Those are the things that will like keep Tony Bennett up at night. There are fewer of those now, which has unsurprisingly coincided with their better play. So the defense is not what you saw out of it last year, but the offense is miles ahead of where it was last year. I won't say two seasons because obviously that was <laughs> the, like DeAndre and those guys. But um, well, that's it. Yeah. That's that's I love when Tony does stuff like that, honestly, because like he recognizes what the strength of this team is going to be. And it, you you build your program around defense. So it's not like you're forgoing it, but you have to understand yeah. what you've got on your roster. 
Yeah. And and they've tightened. And this is always the case with and the, Tony Matt's not the only coach, but who does this obviously, but the tightening of the, the, of the lineup, um, the rotation has started to happen. And it's tough because you're seeing guys like Wolda Tensai, who was a huge piece of that team overperforming last year. Um, it just hasn't got as many minutes and it's it's st- like, it, it's just the way it's going to be sometimes, especially once Trey Murphy got his eligibility and that kid, people are not talking about Trey Murphy enough. Let me tell you, like, I know that that's partly on me because I write about this team specifically, <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's a kid that is just kind of doing everything and he's averaging, he's shooting 49% from three, um, which is exactly what Virginia needed, but they have decided to, he's playing Reese Beekman, the point guard of the future, with that sounds like a space thing, but like Disney sounds like a Muppet. Land. Yeah, the point guard of the future. It's like a 1920s <laughs> ad at like a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's that? The Carousel of Progress. Yeah, yeah. You, appear on step that. inside and see the point guard of the future, Reese Beekman. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but he's been so great, and he he doesn't turn it over a lot. He has he st- he has a bunch of steals um which most people are like yeah who, who cares like everyone gets steals like not virginia virginia does not steal the ball this is not something no. they focus on um he's fifth in the acc and 63rd nationally in in steal percentage but he doesn't forego good defensive possessions to get them like he's not risky with them if that makes sense um mm-hmm. and he comes up with a lot of them because he's paying attention like where the ball comes loose you know, another defender forces a bad pass and he's paying attention to what's going on constantly. So the combination of him with Kihei gives Kihei more of the vibe of like playing alongside Ty, which is where he thrives as opposed to last year where he was just kind of like, I'm it. Let's figure it out. Um, yeah. And he doesn't have to do as much on the offensive end. Yeah. I would assume. Yeah. But he's good. done and because there's less pressure. He's still able to like do more stuff offensively, which makes sense and doesn't make sense at the same time. It, 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 his turnover percentage is higher than I would have thought. Yeah, but it's it's down from where it was, which... Oh, boy. I think. Okay. I think. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, well, last, last it would appear that way, yes. Because last like, year was brutal. Oh, God! No, yeah. I see that now. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Because if you remember, the problem was his turnover percentage was so much higher because his assist numbers, his assist numbers were very good considering the way Virginia shot. So obviously you can't get an assist if people don't make shots and they weren't making shots. So it was one of those things like every turnover was exacerbated because there weren't assists to balance it out. So his turnover rate was way, way worse. Yeah. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. I see that. His two point percentage though, that's way up. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's he's shooting and he will, he, I just think he's made much better decisions in ACC play. And all of this stuff should be, if people are seeming like, yeah, well, I'm not impressed because they've played the three worst teams in the ACC. You're right. That's true. They have, they've beaten Notre Dame twice, wake once and um, Boston college. Um, but, but the offense coming together is the offense coming together regardless. Yes. Like they didn't look good against Kent state. Right. Exactly. You know? And this is what I, I've been saying. Like the reason that I'm still more optimistic is because they've turned the ball over less. And um, like those defensive breakdowns, like I was talking about where guys were just wide open, have been fewer and far between or non-existent in a few of the last games. Um and they were happening against teams like Kent State and teams that they shouldn't be happening against earlier in the season. So this is definitely right. an, this team is much improved from the team we saw. Well, I can't. You cannot take anything at all ever away from playing Gonzaga. I'm sorry. Like, it, just don't even bother bringing up the Gonzaga game because holy, like no. they are on a whole. I just cannot believe how good they are. It's insane. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I'm with you on that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued to see that game and see where Virginia's at. Certainly see where Clemson is after yeah. a COVID pause. And, um, you know, yeah, I, they didn't get to play at North Carolina and potentially extend their streak to two games. Well, um, and I really like this this game, too, for matchups. Um, because it's kind of like I, I want to see both Bennett and Brownell kind of moving the pieces and who's matched up on whom because – You'd look at it. So they have Amir as their center, but he's not the tallest guy on the court for them. He's not the tallest guy on the team. Um, and so obviously you'd think you have Jay on the 6'10 guy, 
But then you can't have Sam Hauser on Amir Sims, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so, you know, they put Trey Murphy on him. How do they move these pieces around? They do honors 5'10", so all the Virginia fans should be excited that there's someone that size range that Kihei can match up on. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they deploy their different pieces and who gets used and that kind of stuff. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, though I was on the radio the other day and somebody said like over under with Clemson, Virginia, if 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 they said like 105 points and I was like, oh, no, I'm not doing this. Nope. Ooh. Yeah, I would See, like- I'd, still go, I'd still probably go under. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 <laughs> I This could be everyone's like, oh, it's going to be, you know, 49, 36. And I was like, it might. But Virginia Ken Palm has that 104 yeah. or no, 114. So, yeah. I was like, Virginia's also scored, like, the Boston College one was the outlier. Well, I mean, six. Well, it's, le- it's less about that than, than it is about A, tempo, and B, like, yeah. playing a good defense, you yeah. know? It's, yeah. it's, so it's, but we'll see. It'll be, um, it'll be something for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, that's, I'm glad to know that, like, what you're seeing out of them is what I, pre- I sort of thought was the yeah, case. Yeah, 100%. Um, they needed time to figure out, figure out each other. Get to know each other better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Carolina, Florida State is certainly an intriguing one to Ooh, me. Yes. Um, if Duke's not playing this weekend and they're probably going to drop out of the top 25, almost assuredly at this point. Yeah. Um, Carolina, I think if they win that game, could get back in it. If they do, that will make sure that the streak continues of like one of those two teams yeah. being ranked in the top 25. Yeah. Because that streak is older than me. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. What was the last time? It was December 82. Oh, wow. Yeah. Older um, than me. I, I, I was a, a budding fetus. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> I was born like six months later. Oh, but, my God. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <A> budding fetus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, uh, yeah, I was a few months along there. So yeah, it's wild. And, but I do think that that's one where if Carolina can win that game. Um, and of course the joke here locally has been like, well, did Florida state get all of their uh, made shots out of their system? Oh against my state? God. They <laughs> could not miss. They could, And that's one of those games. Like, and it's really stinks when it's in, you know, I felt for NC state there because at a certain point, there's nothing you can do. Like when they're shooting like that, there's just sometimes you're like, I okay, all right, like I guess this is just how it's going to be today, and that's how I've you know I've seen yeah. a couple games like that. I think the Virginia Duke game 2019 at Virginia, where was it Cam who had been shooting like 0.4 percent from three came out and hit his first five, and you know you're just like okay you had deandre hunter with a hand in your face and you were like near the logo and you just made that three so i guess that's what we're doing today um because 71 percent from and granted i do feel like you know there were some choice words i had for state's defense yeah but but at a certain like that's not all defense because you'd think at a certain point like you know (laughs) just having a physical person there would do something but uh-oh. Yeah, it, they didn't have a good start, and then Florida State got in a rhythm. But still, it's pretty absurd yeah. what happened there. Um, it, it's an intriguing one for me because North Carolina is on a three-game win streak. They haven't had a win streak longer than that in uh, almost two calendar years. Um, Man, <laughs> almost these yeah. these Ken Palm numbers are Ken- for Carolina's offense. Yeah, well, no for for this game. Like oh, oh yeah, offense at fifty-nine. The Florida State defense at forty. And then you have the Florida State offensive fourteen and UNC defense at seventeen. Like, yeah, it's it's weird because there's been a lot of hand wringing among UNC fans about Carolina's defense. They've had their bad moments, but like, you know, there are some things they do well. Like, off they defensive rebound very well. Obviously, yeah. that's part of what they do. They rebound on both ends very well. They don't foul a lot, um, and and they do make it difficult in the lane. They've got a lot of size. They don't, it's hard to score around the basket on them. Yes. Teams are going to hit threes, but again, that's always what they've done. Um, I think they have some good defensive players in the paint. I obviously I've talked about Garrison Brooks's positional defense on this podcast before, but you know, he got benched um, from the starting lineup, didn't he? Yeah. Because, and and Roy said this too. He was like, his defense wasn't as his defensive numbers w- weren't as bad as some of the other players that got benched. But I hold Garrison to a high standard. That was back at the NC State game. Yeah, 
and he said, but I hold Garrison to a high standard. And um, he's been, you know, he, he really had a turnaround game, I thought, against Syracuse because he just, Roy did not like the fact that um, his body language had been talked about in uh, the Georgia Tech game. <laughs> Garrison. <laughs> and the, uh, the thing about it is like, I, I wanted to, Roy was in a crotchety mood, so I wasn't going to say anything, but like, <laughs> it, it's not, it, it, it when we mention that it's not because it's like it makes Garrison a bad kid or he's a bad teammate or anything. It's just because it's more like you see that he doesn't have confidence, yeah. you know, and you see that he's not in a good place mentally. It's not about affecting his team or anything like that. It's just like, Oh no, he's not in a good place right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's really turned it around and he's tried to do it on the defensive end and kind of making plays and stuff like that. And he played great against Syracuse offensively. That's not a coincidence. So it'll be, It'll be interesting to see because they just they kind of need their older guys to play better. And Leaky Black has started playing really well. Um, you know, the, the older guys playing better, I think, has helped a lot. And, yeah. and the fr- the freshman had a nice game against Syracuse, too. I think that's important. The freshman guards specifically. The freshman bigs have been great. And then Kerwin Walton, Carolina's worst recruit, has been really good. <laughs> <laughs> My God, these, figure. these offense numbers are aggressive, though. Oh, they're they're terrible, and they were worse before. Offensive rebounding, shocker, and then everything else is like, please, we're on fire. (laughs) Yes, please, we need a made basket, please. Is this they have ten percent of their shots blocked? Uh, That sounds about right. That's bad. Well, and that's the thing because people are talking a lot about their offensive rebounding and. By the way, I think that's one area that it won't be neutralized by Florida State, but they always have a harder time doing it against Florida State because of all their size. Oh, um, man. Yeah. And I'm looking at these steal numbers. Oh, my gosh. Like, the <laughs> they're turnover, very turnover-y. Turnover percentage 21.5 and 12.4% of their possessions end in the steal. That seems not great. Yeah. And a lot of that's the freshman guards, you yeah, know? I mean, yeah. and, they, and they, but they played better. Um, and uh, and their turnover percentage against Syracuse, I think, was one of their lowest of the year. Now, granted, it's a zone, and that's kind of <laughs> yeah. par for the course. But um, yeah, I mean, they they've those guys seem to be a little more confident. And and what I wanted to see from those freshman guards was more what we saw early on, which was like, if you make a bad play, you move on. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. You don't 100%. let it get to you. Yeah. yeah, and and they 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 looked more like that um, in the last, you know game and a half i would say um because caleb love the only shot he made at miami was uh the one that like put them up for good so yeah you know well tell me like here's my here's my next question um is duke broken oh are they um, broken is everyone but hurt broken and that sounds that sounds really mean sorry i don't mean it like that but like they're no i I just also i watch them and i'm like i don't know what's happening right now like, so you know you know how Carolina has the problem where they have like a bunch of really good bigs, but there's a lot to be desired at the guards. Yeah. This is like the flip flop of that. Yes. It is the exact flip flop of that. Like I, I joked the other day that like maybe Carolina could send Duke like a big and maybe they could <laughs> send like, Carolina like in season swaps. <laughs> could, could yeah, like could they send they send like I I joked like Joey Baker, but probably someone who's like an actual guard. Imagine if they sent like imagine this is what I this is such a fun thought exercise, like always. Imagine if like Carolina had Goldwire. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh. a a facilitator who can make shots but isn't asked to do everything, like who's a good defender. Especially one on one, like I just think that like he's a guy that I think would be really interesting. I'm sorry, like pro- any anyone who's listening now is like, how dare you? Like hit stop. Like how dare you say those things about trading players? But I mean, I think that's such a good point where it's like they're just a couple pieces where I mean they're just kind of and this is because Duke is so good constantly that when they have like a good team it looks like they're a complete mess. And that's like, you know, that's what's not fair. They're not horrible. Like, And, and you know, it, it, I think when Jalen Johnson gets back, it'll look a little closer to normal. But looking, their roster is just so weird because they have the two freshman guards and I, Roach and Stewart, I think, have, are getting a lot better, which is good for them. Wendell Moore has started to play better. Like you said, Goldwire's been steady. Um, but they has been there for eight years. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, right? Like, it's like Goldwire, Roach, and, and Stewart are like your, you know, main, you know, backcourt. Yeah. 
But everybody else in that roster is like six seven, six eight, six nine. But they don't really have a ton of big guys, like true big guys. Yeah, they have Patrick Tepe, and he's been out with a back injury, and then Jalen Johnson, and that's it. Like they don't have any. They have one person that's taller than six nine. That's the wild part about Duke's roster, right? Oh my god, this is like a very it has like small Florida State vibes, but not <clears throat> the well, length that actually, they need to like. Yes, it, that's the problem. It, yeah. It's somewhat Carolina's problem, but in reverse, where like Carolina doesn't have a lot at the guard spots <laughs> yeah. to, for you to worry about. Duke doesn't have anything down low necessarily for you to worry about right now. Interesting. Yeah, so I think that's part of it too. It's just that the roster. I was watching both, them play, and I, was yeah. like, I cannot figure this out for the life of me. <laughs> like, what is off? And that's exactly it. Both rosters have talent. Yeah, and but it's just a question of where the talent is. Like, I think sometimes about how good this Carolina team would be if they had if they had Cole Anthony still. And I actually yeah. think it would look significantly different yeah. than the one we're seeing now. And that's just one player. Yeah, 100 <laughs> percent. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Mm. Yeah. And so their rosters are just weird right yeah. now. <laughs> like, it's just they have talent, but it's like, huh, how do we make a team out of this? It's like it's like when you have leftovers at your house or something and you're like, <laughs> all right, how do I turn this into a meal? What am I having tonight? Yeah. Like, how do I make this into a meal that's not the same meal as the one I had before, but I'm missing like X, Y, Z and I just can't quite make it happen. I just um, really want him to play Henry Coleman because I'm obsessed with Henry Coleman. <laughs> and he's the one that Virginia's roster right now, like it, it like there's absolutely no way. Like there's so many good. And this happens a lot of places where there's good players. Mm-hmm. And this is Henry Coleman. He's sitting on the bench at Duke. He'd probably be doing something similar at Virginia. But and that's not to say he's not amazing. Like that's the thing that. But he's just. I love that kid. And I just was like well, so bummed when he, it didn't work out that he didn't come to Virginia. But he um, he didn't. Um, yeah, he didn't even travel to Virginia Tech because of uh, COVID. Oh. Yeah, he was a close contact. I, I think with. I think it was Chris Carowell. Um. Okay. Or they they were both close contacts with something else or something. I don't yeah. know. It's hard to follow. So he didn't even travel to Virginia Tech. So literally Duke went to Virginia Tech with one big guy that had been out for X amount of time with a foot injury who oh played God. four minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, that's tough. And I actually thought that would make the matchup better with Virginia Tech because Virginia Tech doesn't have a lot of pure size either. But no. um, yeah, Virginia Tech's used to playing that way. You yeah. Know? And man, Jalen Cohn, dude, he's he's just. I love Virginia Tech. No offense, I'm that's sorry. Fine. But- I'm I'm already in the annoyed that Mike Young is such a perfect fit and a really good coach, and I I'm, love I'm like Mike Young. fully in that like, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> like I'm very upset about this. So it's okay. You can just be happy about what their football situation is developing into. <laughs> yeah, because I'm lost to them again too. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It's, it's a basketball school. Yeah, like I don't understand. Like, and none of this makes sense other than the fact that like Mike Young's a great coach, especially since like Carter Dr is sitting out. Like, I thought that would have been like, oh, they're in for a world of hurt now. Like, but they've just played so well together. Well, Coach K said it the other day, and he's right. And, and when you, and I've I've I just happened to have seen like Mike Young's teams come in to venues here, yeah. and either play extremely well or beat teams locally, yeah. In spite of just not having a lot of what you think would be able to hurt those types of teams, sometimes their tallest player was like six seven or six eight, and you're like, what? It, Coach K said this though. He said Mike Young. His teams always play hard. They always defend well, and he is one of the best at just making his scheme and what they do offensively fit the talent that he has. And I mean, this year is a very much an indication of that. And I think when you get rid of some of the, um, maybe I think, I think it was Kelly Graham, like the point of this out last week, you know, you lose some of the guys that maybe didn't fully buy in or, yeah, or yeah, weren't yeah. comfortable in the system. And now it's like the ideal situation because everybody here on this roster now completely buys into what Mike Young's doing. Yeah. There's 0% chance that Jalen Cohn is actually only shooting 41%. I would have thought that was at like 80, but that's fine. I feel like every time the guy lets it go, it goes in. But I And I know Virginia Tech people don't like that 36, 36.5% of minutes stat um, with him. They want oh, that to be way higher. Yeah, that, that's low. That's very low. Um, I think what I've watched from them is outside of Tennessee, I don't think I've seen anyone play harder than yeah. Virginia Tech does. And that's just like, that's exactly what you mean. Like, And I'm not saying that. And I always feel like every single time, this is what the internet has done to me, that if you say something nice about one team or one person, it like infer, everyone infers that you mean the opposite about everyone else. I don't. I'm not saying that 
you know, Virginia plays hard. They run their system. They do. But what I'm like, where Virginia Tech might lack in, like you said, the size or the, you know, athleticism or not even that, but just, you know what I mean? Like the, uh, when you look at which players you have and who's buying in and size and different things, like they make up for a lot of that slack with just pure effort and energy and the way that they crash the boards, the way that they're doing everything. I was like, Oh dang it. They're really good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't say enough about them. They're, they're, they're super fun. Um, before I get you out of here, cause I know you got to run too. Um, we, I know I want to touch on Louisville for a hot mm-hmm. minute yeah. because that's another team that I felt like I think highly of their coach. Yep. And so when people were like, well, how's this Louisville team going to survive, you know, waiting for some guys to get healthy and things like that. I'm like, you know, they still have talent, you know, like David yeah. Johnson is legit. They still have some guys and that is held true. You know, like that they are, they're really finding themselves right now. And I've been really impressed with what they've done so far. I think they're for real. And I know that they had injuries for that Wisconsin game, but you look at their like gun bomb and you're like, what on earth happened there? <laughs> and COVID and a COVID layoff. Yeah, that's like- again, that's one of those that I'm like, okay, they were just coming back from the COVID layoff. They probably maybe, I bet you they came back a little sooner than maybe some teams are now too, because it's like, let's get this game in. You need it for NCAA purposes. And like, yeah. That, yeah. And they, they got that win over Kentucky, like finally got that, like go over that hump. That's been like forever. And you just look and they've got Carly Jones is great. Yeah. He's outstanding. You know, Am I the only person that calls him garlic? <laughs> no, I will too. See, I, I was the one that I still do the, uh, Alvarado, like <laughs> every single time I see Jose Alvarado, I have to sing it in my head. Um, they have like the best song names, singers, uh, team with DeVoe and like all this. Anyway, um, <laughs> but there's just like, this is another team I absolutely love. I understand that there's going to be coaches that retire out of the ACC soon. When you look at the upper end of, you're looking at Bayheim, K, Roy, Laranaga, um, but then you look at this crop of coaches, I'm just so excited about. Like, I think Forbes is a great fit. Mike Young is clearly a good fit. I love Chris Mack at Louisville. Mike Bray is obviously a great coach. Obviously, Tony Bennett. Um, you look at like almost top to bottom, you're like, look at these amazing coaches that are in this league. And it's just fun to see these teams start to develop and like, it's going to get, I think it's a little tough right now, but I think when the next couple years, it's going to be closer to what the big Ten's working with right now. Um, in terms Do you think, of like top to bottom. Yeah, I agree. Do you think Jim Christian is still there at Boston college just because they forgot he was still there? <laughs> I still have moments every now and then where I'm like, I see him on the sideline. I'm like, Oh yeah, he's still there. <laughs> That's what I do with. And this isn't that I forget. He's oh, it's that. I forget he's there. Um, uh, Jamie Dixon at TCU. I'm always like, Jamie Dixon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, that guy. I think that it might be, I've said this for a couple of years now, though, that it might be close for, and I, I hate, I don't like, this is a part about college athletics I really don't love is I never like to say like, well, I should, I should be fired. Um, but I think that that might, I mean, might be close to, yeah. um, the frustration levels are high. I think with my <laughs> BC friends. <laughs> I, I, I know, and I say this because, like, I, if if Notre Dame fires Mike Bray, I will be utterly heartbroken. They can't, um, right? They can't do that. I don't know, man. Like, I feel I like they're just, and I know this, I don't know how many not, seasons, in a, not this year. I don't know how many seasons you can say. It's just bad luck. But I feel like they've had bad luck, right? Like, aren't there? I mean, the problem, too, is, like, last year they were 20 and 12, um, which is fine. But the year before they were 14 and 19. Now they're 3 and 8. Um. Although I'm super excited, by the way, that they're playing at Howard on Monday, on Martin Luther King Day. I think that's, that's awesome. awesome. I had forgotten about that until I was looking around the schedule and I was like, that rules. Um, so yeah, the unlucky teams in the ACC will meet on Saturday as Jim Christian and Mike Bray face off um, oh as a battle to avoid being fired. Oh, man. Also, <laughs> it, what, it, what I really do appreciate that Mike Bray did was um, just have John Mooney come back as <laughs> Nicola Jogo because, my goodness, they look identical from the far away media section he came in and i like texted brad franklin i was like doesn't that guy look like the dude that got all the double doubles for them last year mooney 
<laughs> oh, Cal- I call him Cal Jogo. Yes, I think they. I like from far away. He's got like the same length, stubble, and hair, and kind of build. It feels like, and I was just like, that looks just like that guy. Oh, interesting. He's put on some weight. I see that now. Yeah, yeah. Huh. It, it and again from the media section, it's not. You know, we're not right up on the court, but anyway. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. That, I just really, there's some players on that, like Joan Durham and Nate Lashevsky, like they're really good. Yeah, Prentice, uh, their their problem is guard play too a little yeah. bit though. Prentice Hub hasn't played very well. No. Um, and yeah, and I just love that they have a guy named Cormac Ryan because oh I'm assuming, God, so I'm assuming, <laughs> I know, I was like, I'm assuming when Mike Bray is like scouting players, he's I'm like, like what's his name? <laughs> Cormac Ryan? Oh, Man, hell offer yes. Him. Well, I don't care. What does he play? Don't care what he plays. Offer him. Doesn't matter. He's the Doesn't one, matter. he is the one that uh, Kihei backed down in the post though. So that's a tough look for, uh, tough look for our guy Cormac. <laughs> well, you know. That's like a foot on. <laughs> I wonder if he's offended. I don't even know if he's Irish. That's just an Irish name. It sounds like it. I wonder if he's offended by that like ridiculous potato peeler commercial. <laughs> oh my god, it's so terrible. I I literally I stopped in my tracks and <laughs> screamed. And I like point at the TV and I'm like, look, I'm talking to Eric, my husband, Eric. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like they're playing like Irish music in the background. And uh, he, he's not, we can agree. He's not Irish, right? Like he's which, full on I'm, doing an accent. I think so. But I, I was so uh, like just flabbergasted by the whole thing. That's what Gilio says. Joe Gilio, who's here on local radio. He thinks that guy is, is not Irish. I'm working on a theory that the, so the ab coaster, um, commercial or infomercial, whatever you want to call it, has like testimonials. And there's a guy in a blue shirt with like a really bad haircut that looks very similar to the Irish peeler guy. I'm working on a theory that. Oh my God. That this is him 10 years ago. And now he's like doing a different info. I'm like trying to like. <laughs> I love that they rotate these commercials. It pleases me a lot yes. because now, now we get the old lady pulling the Dutch oven out of the of the of the oven with one hand, and I yelled at her the first time I saw that. I was like, "What are you doing?" Uh, everyone who has YouTube TV, cancel it. Get Hulu Live, like Hulu Plus. I'm telling you, man, you have to get like you ha- like give up the Packer and Durham on repeat ads. Come join us in ACC Network commercial land because you're missing out. You're missing out. The I, I don't know if the Battery Daddy was on. ACC what? network or it was a Big Ten one, but I'm sorry. What? It's called the Battery Daddy, and it's a no. battery organizer. It is. I shouted like, <laughs> no. And already that like freaking soccer ball commercial is bananas. Well, they added a football one too. Did you see? There's like a no grab. It's like some weird glove thing that you can wear with it that like makes it so you can do OBJ catches and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> what the this bananas? It's wonderful. It's I best. love it. I absolutely adore it. It's my fave. Oh my god! And by the way, apparently some apparently they're running out of spurtles. Someone sent me an email <laughs> they got from Lucinda that like, oh sorry, <laughs> we're on back order. I'm just picturing this woman trying to run her spurtle shop and is like, okay, well this is our why do we have this big surge of orders? I wasn't expecting last ditch effort. We'll just make this ad for the ACC network because it's twelve dollars. <laughs> now they're like unable to fill orders. they had a they had a spurtle of spurtle orders oh my God, I'm dying. this is the funniest thing this is wonderful <laughs> it gets us through these uh these times that we're we're living oh, in man. that's amazing that's great all right i'm gonna let you go tell everybody where they can find you <laughs> you can find me on twitter at cw darney um and on streakingthelawn.com or sbnation.com um for your various sport reading needs yes all right um well until next week everybody we're gonna we'll try to break down basketball stuff even though it still feels super weird um bye bye Thank you.